0: Hi, it's Susie as we prepare for season two of the women and money podcast Sarah my co-host and I wanted to share some highlights from season one on this podcast I want to talk about love and money Because what is so very, very sad is that do all of you realize that one out of two couples that get married get divorced? That's 50% everybody. And the number one reason for divorce is arguments over money. Now, why are you arguing over money? It's because you knew absolutely nothing about the person that you married or got in a relationship with when it comes to personal, financial, intimacy details. Let's get honest. Are you happy? Are you happy with how he is spending the money? Are you happy that maybe he's in total control of the money and you have no idea how much money you have, what the title of your house is in, what does his will say, the life insurance, who's the benefit? You know nothing. Does that make you happy? Does that make you feel secure? You know, the goal of money is for you to feel secure. And if you are in a relationship and you can't even talk about money, if you don't know everything about the money that you have, there is no way, there is absolutely no way that you feel secure. So it is important that every single one of you, every single one of you has your own credit card, maybe two credit cards in your name, your own bank account with your own money. So on the podcast today, we're going to hear from a woman who's absolutely fed up with her husband, financially speaking. And we're going to talk to her about it and see if you can recognize yourself in this woman. And at the end of the show, I'm going to give you some financial tips about how to stay in a successful relationship with the love of your life. And now we have Brenda on the line. She says, my husband spends the money as fast as it comes in the house. I did a breakdown of his annual personal spending, $17,000. His response, I can't believe we still have a mortgage. It should be paid off by now. Total denial of reality. Please allocate time to help me have a productive discussion without losing my temper while getting the spending under control. So you remember writing that to me, Brenda? Yes, I do. You do. All right. So just a few questions for you. Do you try to talk to him about this? And do you always lose your temper when you're talking to him about this? I
1: Talk to him, and I'm really calm when I start talking to him. And um, when I show him the numbers, he gets upset, and that translates to me. And I don't, I do not hold on to my uh, control. I end up yelling, just like he is. Yeah. And
0: how long have you been
1: married? We've been married for 24 years.
0: And how long has this been going
1: on? Um, you know what? Probably. The whole time but we were he was making better money before so it wasn't noticeable and um, i see that as he gets older he um tends to want more stuff mm-hmm. and how old is he he's uh 60 he's 60 and i'll be 64 in may and do you both work still no i'm disabled
0: and he's a plumber and he's a plumber. So is he the one who's always brought in the money and he just hands you the paycheck and you pay all the bills and everything like that? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So first of all, listen to me closely now. There's something that I call the dollar of the decades, that when we happen to turn 40, 50, 60. 70, we start to really get nervous because that's a financial transition point in our life. And it is not unusual, just so you know, that men, when they turn 60, they want more toys. They spend more money. They do not like getting older, even more than women. Women never like getting older, but men hate it. Because they're not as strong, they see it's harder for them to work, whatever it may be. Does any of that ring true to you as I'm saying that to you?
1: Yes, and plus, too, he lost his father um, a couple of years ago, and I noticed a big change there, too.
0: All right, and so when that starts to happen, and we feel this hole within inside of ourselves we start to think, oh, if I just buy this, if I just spend money on this, if I get a new car, has he wanted a new car lately? He wants a new boat. A new boat. All right. So usually it's a boat or a car. I'm telling you it's universal. And I'm saying this to you so that you don't feel bad. So that you just don't think it's you going through this. This is a universal phenomenon that happens. And so they think if they buy this play toy, that will make them feel young and give them the oomph that they're missing in their life. When especially they've lost a parent and if they were close to their parent, that even gets worse at that point because they start to think, oh, my God, my dad died. I'm going to die soon as well. How old was his father when his father died?
1: He was uh, in his 80s. All
0: right, so think about it. That's only 20 years from where your husband is right now. And that starts to trigger, I have 20 years left. I better get it all in. I'm not going to be here anyway, so why not spend the money? That has come out of his mouth. All right. So are you amazed that I knew what has come out of his mouth? (laughs) Yes. All right. Now, the reason why I knew what came out of his mouth is it comes out of everybody's mouth in that situation. It's not that I'm psychic. It's not that whatever. It's just... How emotions, love and money and loss happen to work. How you make it worse for yourself, however, is when you start to talk to him. He then triggers in his mind that his mother is yelling at him and treating him like a little boy. And then he rebels even more and goes out and spends even more money thinking that that's what's going to make him feel okay. Now, let's talk about you for a second. You say that you are disabled. Do you Are you on SSI? Are you on some income that that is able to provide for you?
1: Yes, I'm on social security disability. I bring in about 20,000 a year.
0: And let me ask you this. If something happened to your husband and he died tomorrow, is there enough money For you to go on with your $20,000, he hasn't started collecting Social Security yet, he obviously doesn't have a pension. Is there enough money in a 401k plan and all these other things that you should be putting money away for you to be
1: okay? Well, as soon as my... Expenses are very minimal when he is not spending. Um, my mortgage is $577. i have got a, about $120,000 in um, an IRA for retirement. And um, I, I believe I could handle everything if something happened to him. He won't get insurance, and he's also going to be breaking the IRA uh, to buy this boat.
0: Oh, no, he's not. Oh, no, he's not, girlfriend, because if he goes into his IRA to buy a boat, and I am here to tell you, because I am a boat owner, because I love my boat, and the one thing about a boat I can guarantee you is it breaks
1: all the time. He already owns a boat. He's going to buy another boat, and then hopefully down the road, sell the boat he has now.
0: No, he's not, and you are not going to let him, because you don't have the money to do so. And so when you talk to him, because while you may think $120,000 is enough, chances are he probably doesn't have a whole lot. How much does
1: he have in his IRA? He's breaking the only IRA that he has in his name only, which is 15000 And then
0: how is he going to pay for the other $35,000 for the boat?
1: He's hoping that he's going to be able to get a boat under 20 grand.
0: Oh, under 20 grand. And he's going to withdraw $15,000, which means he's going to owe ordinary income tax on all $15,000, which adds to his income, which then means he's going to lose more to income tax. So he's going to need a whole lot more money besides that. Do you have at least an eight month emergency fund?
1: I have um, no. I have about five thousand in an emergency fund.
0: All right. So here's my question for you. From what I get, it right. You have your house, and how much is your house worth? About four hundred thousand. And you owe how much left on the mortgage? Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. And. Even though you're paying $577 a month on that mortgage, there's no way that if you had $70,000 somewhere that you don't, that if you could have paid off that mortgage, then that almost 577 a month would really add a lot to your lifestyle. So I need you to listen to me and listen to me now. You both are at the age. 64 and 60, where it is time that you both start acting like financial adults. Now, I'm not saying that you are not acting like a financial adult, Brenda, but your husband is absolutely acting like a foolish kid. Yeah. And he is going to put himself and you in danger because if anything happens and he ends up as he gets older and he has to go into a nursing home you don't have long-term care insurance you don't have the money for it the cost to take care of yourself once you turn 70 or 80 goes up so dramatically it is not funny and I do not have enough money in your portfolios that I'm looking at that you can sustain a four five seven thousand dollar a month stay in a nursing home is something were to happen to him because why? You physically can't take care of him. Yeah. And so you have to be losing sleep at night about this, correct? I am. Now, here's my real question, and this is a hard question. When you see him doing this and all, how many times have you thought that you
1: want to divorce him? Oh, my goodness. I can't even give you that number,
0: Susie. Uh-huh. And what stops you from doing so? Because you're the only one with money. You're the one that would be absolutely fine if something happened. Right? If the only reason you're not fine financially is because of him, because he's spending every single penny that he's bringing in on some kind of crap, you know that. Right? And then the question becomes, why do you stay with him? Because... I've always said you can't fix a financial problem with money. I can tell you how to try to patch it up with him and everything, but you're still young. You're still 64. And I know it may not feel like you're young, but you've got to be young because I'm about to be 67. So, girlfriend, here we are together. Let's not feel like we're these old ladies. Yeah. And so the real question becomes... What makes you stay? I don't know. That's what we have to work on.
1: But, you know, I, I cannot ever afford to pay a rent around this area. They start at fourteen to 1600 a month. So I, I would have to stay within the household. And I'm thinking maybe divorce them and then just build an apartment upstairs above the garage. Um, there's, there's many thoughts for many different avenues that I go through all the time.
0: Or you can sell the house, right? You have $400,000 you say the house is worth. That gives you $330,000 of equity. Even if you did a split, that's, you know, like a 100 some odd, almost, you know, who knows what you could sell it for, but you come out with 150,000 or something like that. Is there a little tiny house that you could buy for 150,000, a little tiny condo, anything?
1: I'm sure I'd be able to find something. I have excellent credit, but I have to tell you that scares the life out of me.
0: Yes, but doesn't it scare you more on some level to stay in this situation where you're not happy? Doesn't it scare you more to waste every day not creating a life for yourself that you want you know, here you are and you've saved money. You have 120,000 in your IRA. He's got 15. And you've never worked. You're on
1: disability. Came into this marriage with a lot of money and I spent a lot of money. That's why I never saw um a problem until all of that was slowly but surely being depleted.
0: And so here you are now. So all I'm saying to you is this, Brendan. I know this was not the advice that you were calling into this show about, which is why everybody, if you're listening, you should call into the show. Because when you think you have a problem about X, I'm telling you it could be Y. It could be Z, and we have got to discuss it together because it's important to stay honest with who we are because I can tell you, as you get older, you're going to need money to be able to take care of yourself in every possible way, whether it's an assisted living facility or whatever it may be. And you've got to start thinking like that. And so just because you have a home today, And maybe you can make a deal with him that because did you buy this home with money that you had? Is it in your individual name or your joint name with him?
1: He had the home when we married, and I refinanced it and put it into both of our names.
0: All right, so now it's in both of your names. So if you did sell it, it would be a 50-50 split, correct? Yes. And then the question becomes, do you rent? Do you do something? These are just things that I want you to think about now. With that said, here's what I want you to try first. I want you to sit down because I know you've never told him that you've had these thoughts, have you?
1: Well, I've certainly blurted it out in a moment of anger. I can't, you know, I can't stand being married to you and I would love to be away from you.
0: But when somebody's in anger, your partner always feels like you don't mean what you say. In a very rational and loving moment, I would sit down with him and talk with him and not to him and say, honey, I have something that I need to tell you that's the hardest thing that I've ever had to say to you. And it's this, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about divorcing you. Yes, you've been bringing in the money, but we do not have the type of relationship that I need to have in my life. I need financial security. I need to be in a relationship with a financial adult and you are not. Anybody, you already have a boat. The fact that you want a new boat when we don't have enough money in retirement, we are we are going to voluntarily commit financial suicide here if we continue to act like we're acting. And I can't do that anymore. So either we sit down and we start being the loving couple that we used to be years ago. And talk with each other, even if we have to go see a therapist, and talk with each other as to how do we solve this problem and stop spending money and actually start saving more. Because if we can't do that, I'm here to tell you, I am probably going to proceed with a divorce. Are you wanting to work with me or are you wanting me to leave you? What do you want me to do? I love you, but I don't like you. I don't like you because of how you are acting. And sometimes in a relationship, love is not enough. Now, when I say that to you, Brenda, does that ring true to you that you would love to have a conversation with him like that? Yes. And you can tell him and be honest with him that you called into the Suzy Orman podcast and we discussed this. And this was the idea. And he may not like it. He may like it. But here's what I need you to promise me from this day forward. Everything that you say. Everything that you do. Everything that you think. Has to be honest. You cannot pretend anymore that something is okay when it's not. You have got to be okay, and everything that you think, say, and do has to pass through three gatekeepers. Is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it true? If it doesn't pass through all three gatekeepers, stop thinking what you are thinking. Stop saying what you are saying. Stop doing what you are doing. Because if you can simply live a life of total honesty And stand in your truth from this moment forward. I promise you, Brenda, your life in every possible way will turn around. You'll be given the power, because you're going to give it to yourself, to do what you have to do to put yourself first.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: You got that, girlfriend?
1: Yeah, I promise you. And I've heard those words from you before, and I've never, I've tried, but I have failed.
0: Yeah, you don't have to fail anymore. And people fail only because they're afraid. They're afraid of hurting somebody else. Like, listen, the only reason you haven't done what you know you need to do is you care about his feelings more than you care about him. You're afraid that he's going to yell and you don't know what to do. Girlfriend, you are more powerful than you have any idea. And the only person that's taking your power away from you is you. Right? I also would advise you to start paying the bills with him so that he can see where the money goes. So every month, if this relationship continues, he has got to promise that he sits down with you whenever you pay the bills and he has to write the checks. He has to do that. You'll sit with him so he can see how much it actually costs and why there isn't money to do a boat or anything else. And you can tell him, Susie Orman said, if he buys a new boat, that is the stupidest thing he will ever do in his life. Because not only can the boat sink one day, but I can tell you, his relationship will absolutely go underwater in every possible way. All right, my dear Brenda, there you go.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Susie.
0: Did that help you, girlfriend?
1: It, it, yes, and it will certainly, um, as I read over my notes, it certainly will cement it so that I will be able to put an action plan in place and be able to um, yeah. put a period yep. at the end of this sentence. And one more suggestion.
0: If you can't say this to him, write him a letter and give it to him. And sit there while he reads it. And tell him that you wrote the letter so that he can keep it and reread it. At least once a week so he doesn't forget. And once he says okay to everything, if he does, you have to send him, make him sign a promise. That I promise to be responsible. I promise to stop spending. I promise to not buy a boat. I promise to love you enough that I put you before money. Remember, people first, then money, then things.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Susie. So
0: that interview that I just had with Brenda obviously was very, very heavy, not only for Brenda, but for me and I'm sure everybody else that was listening as well. However, it was a very, very important interview You have got to understand that you do not have the strength to change anybody. The only person you can change is yourself. And if the financial fighting continues and you are not happy and your spouse isn't changing, you have got to have the courage to do what is right versus then doing something that is simply easy, which is nothing. You need to take care of yourself. You don't want to be in a relationship where you are being disrespectful of yourself. And when you stay and you do something that you don't want to do, then you are hurting yourself big time. And don't think that staying for the kids, that's the reason you should be staying, that it's worth it. For I'm here to tell you that kids know very well when their parents are not getting along, and it hurts them. And sometimes they think that they are the reason that you two are so unhappy. Kids should see that parents have the ability to go on, get divorced, and live great lives. But the true goal, really, is to not separate. It's not to ever break your vows. Because when you said, I do, you took vows till death do you part. And you can do that if you just start talking about money with each other right now. Thank you for listening to this special highlight from season one of the Suzy Orman Women & Money Podcast.
2: Neither Suzy Orman Media nor Suzy Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer.